we are doing the series, Who is My Neighbor? Uh, and this is the last of the series. And we'll have time to celebrate that even the, when in this series you have seen salvation, you have seen baptism. Uh, I don't want to count the numbers, but you can see that the Lord has blessed us during this series. So are you ready to receive the Word of God? Are you ready for the banquet this morning? Yeah, there you go. You're ready for the banqueting table and the Word of God. Here we are. So let's take a quick moment just to let the Spirit minister to our heart. Quiet down with this wonderful worship. Father, we thank you that your Word will be preached this morning. May the Spirit of God help us. That we all go home and go out of this place being blessed and led by the Holy Spirit to do the work. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. The Word of God says in John 4, 3 and 4, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. And I want to ask you today, where have you been? Where have you been? Have you been the places that God has compelled you to go that you needed to go through? Have you met people that God compelled you to meet that you needed to meet them today? Or have you been avoiding people or avoiding places even if God has commanded and asked you to go there? Jesus had to go through Samaria. Last Sunday after church, I was in a situation where I had to go and talk to a brother, some people, for uh, conflict resolution. And this is outside our church. And uh, during the meeting, which was very long, um, uh, the brother said to me, he was angry, he was upset, he was very loud, and he said, you, He, he, he stood up and said, you... As a pastor, I will step down on you, trembled on you underfoot. You are like a carpet doormat to me. I'll stamp on you. I will spit on you. But still, I want you to get up and wash my feet and wash my body. That's what you should be doing to me right now, right? So I said, oh, and I, that graphic picture starting to run quickly in that one second. Oh, he's stamping on me. He's going to spit on me. And then I have to wash him, wash his feet. And, and I, that picture stayed with me for a while. And I drove home after the meeting and said, can I do that? Can I do that as a pastor to this person? I've been praying and thinking and driving and there, when I opened the door, I walk into my room, uh, our house, my wife was there. And I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to tell to my wife, my pretty hot wife, Margaret? <laughs> and what I'm going to tell to Pastor Margaret? Right. So he said, how was the meeting? And he said, I said, well, um, I said to my wife, it was Okay. It was okay. Things went okay. Nothing, nothing to worry. And after the con- when the conversation went on, I told Pastor Margaret. He said that he would step on me, stamp on me, 
trample on me, spit on me, and he wants me to get up and wash his body and feet. Hmm. Right? Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Not just Samaria. He had to go through Jerusalem. Jesus had to go through the cross. Jesus had to be spit upon. He had to be whipped. He had to be tortured. He had to be speared. And he had to die for us. And he was buried and he rose again. He had to go through Samaria. The conflict between Samaritans and the Jews began a long time ago in Genesis. When you read in Genesis 34, Joseph and his brothers were envious and jealous of him. And they decided to kill him. It went back to there. It went, the, the conflict went back to the sons of Jacob. When you read in Genesis 49 then, when Jacob was going to die, then he blessed Joseph, the, di- the first diaspora Jew who was in Egypt. And he said, Joseph, he's going to be a fruitful bow. He's going to be a fruitful bow. And we knew and we know now from the scripture that he was doubly, doubly blessed. Because Ephraim and Manasseh, which are the two sons of Joseph, were the two, became the two tribes And where did they settle, my friends? They settled in Samaria. They were in Samaria. You know the conflict that Israel at the northern, Judah in the south, and Samaria in the middle. This conflict has been going on. Why? Added to that was when the Assyrian king in 1722 BC came and took the people of Israel into captivity in exile. That is the first exile. What did he do? He brought back people from different cities and nations. Read 1 Kings chapter 17. He brought people from uh, Babylon, uh, Gutha, Ava, and he came and colonized. Brought in people there. And there was intermarriage between the Jew there. And that's how the Samaritans were mixed people. That the Jew from the south hated them. There is a long history, but this history began long time ago. Long time ago. So, what happens is, look at this. If you look at this, if you look at the map, you can see that Judea, Samaria, and Galilee, and you go to Tyre and uh, Sidon, Sidon. You could go through straight, cross Samaria to go to Galilee. That's not what people do. What do people do? They go trans Jordan. They cross the river to Jordan and come back to Galilee so that they can avoid this defiled land and this hated people. So they wouldn't even go through Samaria. So they would go around. Three days journey, not just, just to avoid the Samaritans because they hated them. it. It was serious. We can all see this even in our nation. You know, the South and the North in America, oh, they love each other so much. 
It's an example of brotherly love and sisterly love. There was no war. There was no killing. Everything was fine. The south wanted to come to the north, and the north wants to go to the south. It's amazing. When I was coming to California, people say, why do you want to go to California? That's the place you should avoid. (laughs) Right? And I met pastors that have come from California because I was in Midwest. They say, I'm so glad to be back in Midwest in God's country. (laughs) Heart of America. Right? My three kids are born in the heartland of America. In Indiana, in Illinois, in Michigan. Right? They were born in different states. We grew up there. We lived there. We know what it was to be full-blooded, loved American. And they wanted to know why I was going to California. But California, you don't know. People that are wondering what California looks like, I want to tell you, oh, California has great vegetables, (laughs) great fruits, and the weather is lovely, right? And restaurants is amazing. California needs a savior. California needs a savior, and we are here. Samaria needs a savior, so Jesus had to go through Samaria. When God told Jesus, he didn't say, go into some parts of the world and avoid parts that you don't like. He said, go into the whole world. When Jesus said, uh, when Jesus commanded us to say, love your neighbors, he didn't say, love some people that you like. He asked us to love everyone. Are we clear on that? Are we clear on that, right? So, so we're going to have people from the south. We're going to have people from the north. We're going to have people from Midwest. We're going to have people from California. We're going to have people from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, from South America, and from the great nation America worshiping here together. Worshiping here together. You got that? And we cannot allow the enemy to break that unity in this church. Are you with me? Yes, are you with me? Yes. Are you with me? So, here, here. So, he needed to go through Samaria. I want to look at how Jesus interacted with the Samaritans, not just the Samaritan woman, but Samaritans. I will give you three stories and and some application today, how we can do that today, right? But here, look at this. So, my wife, and uh, uh, after the church, we went to one of our uh, member's friend. Well, it so happened that at the table there were Americans, there were uh, Chinese, there were French, uh, Moroccan, um, uh, Vietnamese, uh, Naga connections. We were all at the table, right? And there were Christians, there were Muslim, there were non-religion uh, people there. And uh, what do you talk at that table? We did, I was going to say, America is greater than China. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. Right? But everyone there, a Muslim, a Christian, a non-believer, a Chinese, a French, a Moroccan, American, do you know what we talk about? We talk about the common goodness of humanity. We talk about our children. 
We talk about education. We talk about investing in their lives. What happened to that conversation? That Chinese mother brought her daughter to sing last Sunday. You love your neighbor. You value them. You treat them as human beings. And they will find their way to God. That a non-Christian mother, a non-Christian kid, will come and sing praises in the church. Isn't that a miracle? Yes? So we need to go to places that sometimes people ask us to avoid. We need to go to people that people ask to avoid. Because Jesus needed to go to Samaria because Samaria needed a savior. But, see, he said, but, so knowing the enmity between Joseph and his brother, knowing the hatred between the Jews and Samaritan, knowing that they don't even want to walk through the land, uh, much less have a meal together, oh, knowing these things, what did Jesus do? But he did one thing that people did not do. He walked through the land. What is one thing that God is asking you to do today? In, in this place in Santa Clara, that people are doing that against the norm and the system because Jesus came to change the world for you and me and if he had not walked through Samaria we will still be taking the three days detour and we wouldn't be loving our neighbors my friends you wouldn't know the name of your neighbors you wouldn't be eating and fellowshipping with them you wouldn't have an American a Chinese a French a Moroccan an Indian sitting together at a table I'm talking about the common goodness of human being, how to invest in a children's life, and, and <coughs> seeing them come to church and declare wonderful praises to God. But he went through Samaria. Look at this in the social structure, you know, in, in, uh, in the Jewish social structure. Who was the number one? It's the priest at the center. Who are the next? It's the Levites. And next is what? It's the tax collector, the sinners, and the outcasts. And the next one is the Samaritan. And the next is Gentile. So when this lawyer asked, who is my neighbor, right? The Samaritans are not even, he's thinking, no, Samaritans are not my neighbor. The outcasts, the tax collectors whom they hate, the sinners, these are the neighbors that he is thinking about. And Christ is pointing to the Samaritan. He said, and he couldn't bring the word Samaritan to his mouth to utter to say that the one who showed mercy did the right thing on the way to Jericho. You remember that the wounded man on the way to Jericho, who helped him? It was the Samaritan. So when Jesus asked this lawyer, this young man said, who do you think did the right thing? He didn't say the name Samaritans. Do you know what he said? The one who showed mercy. He couldn't even bring the name out to his tongue and mouth that the Samaritans was the better one because they have grown up that they were always better than the Samaritans. They were always better than the Samaritans. Do not think highly of yourself. Think highly of others 
give. This is what the Lord encourages us. Needed. He needed. Jesus had to die for the world. There's no question. He needed to go through. In Samaria, Jesus came for the whole world, not just for some parts of the world. So let's look at the three characters that we, uh, that Jesus met. Okay, one is a certain man. See, it's a nameless man. A name needed mercy on the way to Jericho, or a thief or robber came and ambushed him, wounded, lying almost half dead on the road. That guy needed mercy. So what did the good Samaritan did? He did something the priest and the Levite did not do. They were walking away from him because if they touched him, they would become impure, unclean. So they were doing their religious duty by not touching the wounded man. Half dead. They walked away. What did the good Samaritan do? He went, bandaged, treated him, put him on his animal, took him to the inn, paid money and said, treat him more, I will pay you more. Right? This guy also did something different than what other people were normally doing. He paid for him and paid an extra. Jesus did not avoid Samaria. He went through Samaria. He did something different. The second one, the leper. There were ten lepers who cried out, God, I need mercy. Right? And this leprosy, my friends, in the Bible, when you go back, there were two signs that God gave to Moses. One was that he threw down the staff and it became snake. And when he picked it up again, it became staff again. The other one was his arm when he, he, it, it became white. And then it was healed again. Leprosy to non-leprosy. But the other thing in the Bible, this is related to the seven deadly sins in Proverbs chapter 6 that it talks about. That God hates a lying tongue, the one who gives false testimony. It was Miriam that gave false testimony to God because she didn't like Moses' wife because she was dark-skinned. She was from Africa. She was an African. And Miriam did not like that. So she wanted to take her leadership. What happened? She was full of leprosy. Leprosy is tied to slandering, spreading rumors. It cannot be contained sometimes because the tongue is like an arrow that shoots out. And when you spread rumors, when you talk... Things that are demeaning, degrading to people. When you have a racist conversation, it cannot be contained. It harms people. And God does not like that. And God reminded Miriam on that one. Right? That was in the Old Testament. In Christ's time, this were the super outcast. Nobody wants to do with them. This is the absolute other. What did Jesus do? He healed them. Ten of them were healed. What happened to the nine? The nine did not come back. Only one came back. See, he did something different. He did something different. And what is that? Gratitude. So gratitude is not just a mere inward thoughts or inward virtue. What is gratitude, my friends? Hear me. 
It's an expressive outward service and love to God and to others. That's gratitude. He came back to show that gratitude to Christ. He showed something different than the nine. Come back. The nameless woman at the well, at Jacob's well. The well that Jacob has dug. What did she do when she found out that Jesus was the Messiah? That she was convicted that Jesus was the Savior. What did she do? She went to the village, right? And she forgot her water pot and pitcher. Why? Because she needed speed to run. Okay, let's keep it that way. Uh, And what did she do? She did something different. Before people have been talking about people's mistakes and sins, she talked about her sin. She did not talk about the sin of others. Luke, come. Could this be the Savior who told me everything about me and what I have done? To love our neighbors, we can go and tell them all the sins that they have made. You're imperfect. You're horrible. You know, you're a crazy person. You know? You're not a good Christian. You are a sinner. You will die. You'll go to hell now. That is not how we love our neighbors. We go and tell about ourselves and what the Lord has done for us. And see, and see how the village come and find out themselves that we are recognizing that Jesus is the Savior, not because of what you told us, but because we have seen it ourselves. Are you with me, folks? The three different things that, four things that different, Christ walked through Samaria when people were avoiding. A nameless certain man showed mercy when others were just walking by. Mercy, right? A leper did differently than the nine. He showed gratitude and came. And the certain nameless woman, what did she do? She had faith that this was the Messiah. She believed and she worshipped him. And she went and told the people, look at what he had told me about me. To love our neighbors, we need mercy. To love our neighbors, we need to show gratitude. To love our neighbors, you also share your faith to others on what the Lord has done for you. If we can do this, then others will come to the saving knowledge of God. Others will come to the family of God. What we do not do, do not point out their mistakes. Do not go and tell them they are sinners. What you do not do, don't live in the status quo. Of saying, I'm just happy giving tithes and offering, coming to church and worship and go. Have no relationship with other people. Do not do that. Right? What we do not do, do not judge people. Because judgment is without mercy. And the Word of God says in James... But mercy triumphs over judgment. When you give justice to people, my friends, think about mercy also. Show mercy to others. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. And this is our church. Our church, my friends, is not an independent church. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is not a moderate church. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is not a liberal church. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is not a conservative church. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is the church of Jesus Christ. 
And there is only one head. And there is only one Savior. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will strive daily in this church to be faithful, to live in the command that in the commandments that God has given to us, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We will strive to do that daily. So if you're looking for that kind of church, welcome to a church that needs mercy and grace every day. Welcome to a church that is led by the chief sinners of all. Welcome to the church that solely submit and obey Christ alone. That there is no salvation other than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Him. That will be preached here. No, you will not be asked of your religious affiliation when you walk into this door. No, you will not be asked of your political affiliation when you walk into this door. We will welcome you and accept you just as you are because you are created in the image of God. Yes? Amen. Amen. That is who we are. That is who we are. So let us praise and worship God. Today we'll pray for you. Here at the well, we call it the well because Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well. Pastor Jonathan and others will be here at the well. As the worship team comes up, if you need to rededicate your life or you need any prayer, come to the well. We will pray with you. If you want to give your life to Christ and say, I want to start over like Christine Leon. Say, this is time for me. I knew that Jesus had given mercy. You come forward. We will pray for you. Some may be here. I will be at the back. We will pray with you. Right? For anything. Because our God is great. Our God is a great God. And we expect great things from our great God. And let the love of God flow through this church. Let us be what is good about following Christ. Let us be what is good about America. Amen. That the Spirit of God will use all of us for healing, transformation, and salvation. Please stand. Please rise. Pastor Jonathan, please come. There's somebody here ready for prayer. And some of the pastor can be here in the front and some at the back. Oh, yes, our God is eternal. Sharon, thank you for the spirit-filled worship. May this song bless us. Thank you. Thank you. Please lead us.